This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio, a show that connects home buyers, home sellers, and home owners to some of the best small businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the current status of the San Antonio real estate market. Seems like it's been a bit of a wild ride. We're going to give you some tips and insight on how to respond to water events in your home to help prevent or limit mold damage. And we're going to let you in on the best walking parks in the San Antonio area. For those of you who like to walk, like my wife and I do on a regular basis, we got some great parks. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, people do different things. You know, some people want to walk their pets and some people want to ride their rollerblades. So we'll talk about that coming up. In studio with us today is Ruben Galindo, a real estate expert. Ruben, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks. It's great to be back, Mark. Good to have you back, man. Always good to see you safe. I know you're out there working hard for us. Thank you. Also in the studio with us today is Mike Marlowe, the owner of Veteran Home Inspections and an expert in all things related to home inspections. And I'm not kidding when I say all things. Mike, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to be back. And we have Jamie Marlowe. Yes, there is a connection with the last name. An expert at mold remediation protocols and inspections. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So before I get into this, Jamie, you're retired military as well? Yes. So thank you for your service, uh, and uh, Navy as well as Mike. So thank you guys very much for that. I'm excited to have you here in the studio. A quick reminder to our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also on our website is a list of recurring guests. So if we're talking here and somebody gives their information you missed it, go to the website, homebuyertalkradio.com. You can find their information there. The show reaches thousands of listeners each month on radio here in the greater San Antonio area and tens of thousands more on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, where you'll find short video clips, which is the best. I don't waste seven minutes of my life. Just give it to me in 59 seconds or less, please. Thank you very much. So that's a great uh, way to find us is on our social media. And you can just go to homebuyertalkradio.com and click on the social media links to uh, get to where it is you want to go to. All right, so first up on the show is Ruben Glendo, a real estate expert here in the San Antonio area. He's an expert at um, the real estate investing side as well. And by that, I mean you have a lot of rental properties under your belt and you help other people do the same thing, correct? Yes, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. And now helping others is, is even better. Yeah, I know you enjoy that too. Um, all right, so the real estate market in San Antonio, and I know we hear national news all the time and, and we get all kind of mixed messages about what's going on, but what's as far as what's going on here in the San Antonio area with respect to our market, how are we doing with the homes? So as you well know, you know, in, interest rates ha, have gone up, right? So obviously that has an impact on the real estate market. So at the moment right now, I'm actually seeing a few price drops. But so not to say that prices are going down. However, I think it's, uh, it, in my opinion, is that prices were probably set a little on the high side because the last year and a half, we've been able to get away with that, right? And because uh, the housing market was hot. Well, I think now with the increase of interest rates, that's starting to kind of stabilize a little bit. So there's a, a slight shift in the, in the effect of uh, now we need to price them a little bit more realistic. So that's kind of what I'm seeing at the moment. So you deal with a lot of real estate investors. Are you seeing, um, what's your opinion on, is it a lot of real estate investors buying homes in the San Antonio area? Because we did have a huge, like, uh, you know, the appreciation in homes right. over the last couple of years. Um, do you see a lot of investors? you feel like there's a lot of that going on or regular home buyers? Well, here in the last year and a half or so, um, yeah, there was a few investment properties being purchased. You know, most of them were probably off market. Uh, on the market, it was a, l- a lot more competitive because we had a lot of buyers and very few homes for sale. So that was very, very competitive. And from an investment perspective, that was just a little too high to be able to purchase and make it worth the investment. So uh, now that you know, prices are going to possibly go down just a little bit. 
uh, there you, we may see more foreclosures, and in that case, you're definitely going to see some investors going to start buying up some more. Investing is always there. Uh, but it just depends on what's going on in the market, whether does, is there an increase or a decrease or does it just stabilize? So it just depends. Right, because you're looking for that profit percentage, yes. right? Yeah, the numbers got to work. The numbers got to work. Right, right. And so for people getting into real estate investing, you help them figure out what that is, help them with uh, so that they don't get themselves upside down. Yeah, that's correct. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, I actually got a call from a lender and she was asking me, hey, Ruben, what are you telling your your investor clients at the moment? Uh, With these interest rates that are a little on the high side, are you telling them not to purchase now? Are you saying not to buy, to wait until interest rates go back down? And my response to her was, no, not necessarily, because uh, in investing, as long as the numbers work, then it's a good purchase. So it just depends on what those numbers are going to be at the end of the day. You got to make sure that you are going to get what's what I call or what's called cash on cash rate of return. And I kind of went over an example on how to how to calculate the cash on cash rate of return. So uh, it just I've purchased properties in the six percent, and that's kind of where we're at on investment properties. And two, three years down the road, interest rates were down, and all I did was a, I did a cash-out refi, was able to leverage that, that equity, and then purchased another property with that, and then got a lower payment because the interest rates had decreased at that point. Oh, there you go. That's smart. Mm-hmm. you got to okay. make the money on the buy side. That's, that's the key. you yep. got to buy you it right. make money on the buy side, correct. Yeah, because I've heard that that's when you make your money. That's correct, yep. Is when you buy the home. Mm-hmm. If you buy it for too much, you're never going to make it up. Right. Yeah. Almost impossible to do when you buy a car, though. So should we be <laughs> investing in cars? <laughs> Probably <laughs> yeah. not, right? Okay, so uh, are sellers still listing their homes? I mean, do we still see them coming on the market? How's the inventory yes, doing? Yes, of course. You know, you know, life happens, and, and people have to move, and they have to sell their house. So absolutely, we're, we're still seeing some of that. Uh, now, we do have to, you know, we one of the biggest things I like to ask these people, first of all, is, you know, what's, what's your motivation to sell your property? What is it that you're looking, you know, uh, trying to do? Uh, another thing is I ask them what attracted you to this property when you bought it? Because sometimes those are, are key things to know or key factors to know where I may be able to use that as a marketing tool. There you right? go. Yep. Right. Because you need to know why they were attracted there. Uh, and, you know, then we I'll go over, I'll do a site visit, I'll do a listing presentation. I'll also look at the house, you know, um, I'll ask, I'll already know whether they're in a position to do maybe some minor fix-ups, some minor upgrades, uh, maybe just a, a fresh coat of paint or things like that. Sometimes people are not in that position, which is fine. So I just try to give them uh, the advice to make sure that that house is presentable for that buyer. Because first impressions go a long way for yeah, a they lot do. of buyers. Are you seeing a lot of people who are listing, do they favor doing home inspections before they list, or is that rare? Not not necessarily. Homeowners normally won't bring that up, but as an agent, you want to bring that up, right? Because yeah. I think that can be very valuable. Yeah, having that information ahead of time, I, I don't know if Mike would agree with me on that. But. <laughs> of course I would. Yeah, you don't want to negotiate your sale twice. Yeah, correct. So. Yeah, so I have that information right there. That's a great point right there. He's absolutely right. You can, you know, you get an inspected, and and I've seen some listings that have it like that. They upload the inspection into the MLS system. You have an opportunity to review it. You can either utilize that or you can go get your own inspection. Just depends. Hmm. I like that. All right. So if someone's looking to um, invest or to buy a home, um, I mean, you said before that you want to understand their motivation to sell. you provide them with a lot of information when it comes to making them aware of the market yeah, conditions, we're, we're pricing. Gonna, that's correct. We're going to talk about what, what the current market trends are at the moment. Uh, we're going to talk about also how to prepare and get your house ready for that sale. Yeah, and there's responsibilities that the seller has 
like before because you got to prep the home right yeah and then also during during the process right you got to make you got to make it available for buyers to come see it because sometimes you face a challenge especially when people live in the house mm-hmm. i mean that that can be an inconvenience to the seller right you get a a, a showing request and you know you have to get it approved so they can go see it when the house is vacant is even better because it's more of a go and show you know yep. it, it's a lot more convenient for the buyers yeah. but when somebody's living in there then that can create a few more challenges if you think the market is hot for a home that they're listing, would you recommend maybe that they go stay someplace for a few days during the opening weekend? Uh, well, definitely if we're going to do an open house, right? Definitely right. that. Uh, it just depends. It depends on their personal situation. You mm. know, not everybody has that opportunity. But if you do, that'd be great. Yeah. Makes it easier, <laughs> like saying. All right, cool. All right, so if folks want to get in touch with you, Ruben, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can reach me on my cell phone, and that's uh, 210-275-0791. I also have a website, and it's uh, Investors.com. Uh, there's a page there where you can enter your information, and I can do a, a quick analysis and give you a phone call, and we can talk. And if someone wants to do real estate investing, definitely reach definitely. out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, reach out to me. A lot of fun. All right, Ruben, thanks. We appreciate that. All right, so next up on the show is Mike Marlowe and uh, his wife, Jamie. We're going to talk about uh, mold stuff. So you guys are expert mold and, well, expert inspectors, but expert at the mold stuff here in the San Antonio area. Right. So I went to your website, um, you know, as I was prepping for the show. Your guys' website is amazing when it comes to giving out information to people who want to understand that, uh, like for mold inspections. Thanks. All your certifications are there good information on maybe a little bit on prevention or kind of making people aware of what the situation is and what can cause it and what you guys are going to do to help identify the problem and what happens afterwards. So welcome to the show, guys. Excited to have you here. Um, all right. So let's start with, real quick, what is mold? Why is it a problem? Uh, mold is a fungus that you know is everywhere. And what we're really concerned about is when it it gets into the house and starts growing on the building materials or your personal materials and and all of that. Right. And of course, it's in the air, which can cause problems, but it can also destroy. Yeah. But it's, you know, it mold itself can destroy, but it's also a sign of another issue, which is water. Oh, yeah. A water which, leaks. Which somewhere. destroys houses just as, yeah, just as much. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, um, so it ends up in your home. We get a what a water leaker. Before the show, we were talking about like stucco, right? Stucco can be really problematic, right? When builders don't get it right. So, what kind of give me an example of what would happen there with stucco? With stucco, when it gets um, or any building material, okay. roof leak, whatever. When water gets into the house and gets trapped, that's when we start seeing the decay and the mold and all of that growing. Okay, so it starts rotting things out, right? Okay. I mean, by the time you see it on like an exterior inside drywall the problem is 10 times worse behind that drywall yeah so what you see on the surface it, once you start pulling it away it's more than likely going to be worse um because the the mold has to go through several layers before you see it right so um, you might see a little spot, but if we use our thermal imaging, we can actually see how much moisture is actually present in that area. So it might be, you know, four times larger than the spot that you're seeing. 
is that what you guys do when you come out? You'll you'll like image an area so you can see like I guess mm-hmm. through the sheetrock and so forth. What's how bad is the the water damage? Yeah, the thermal imaging is definitely one of the tools that we use to find areas where we think there's going to be water. Yeah. So when we find a cool area, which is you know normally how water shows up on thermal imaging, okay, we'll use a moisture meter to confirm that it is in fact water and not just you know an AC vent that's leaking and blowing cold air in that area. Okay. So we don't want to misdiagnose something, so we're going to confirm that it is water. Okay. So then they can go tear out that particular area and really kind of see what's... They're not playing with a dartboard trying to figure out where it's at. You guys can let them know exactly where it's at. Mm-hmm. That's hugely... That's valuable. All right, cool. So um, so when you guys get a call, let's talk about how it... You know, what, what the... How to get on it right away so that we don't let it proliferate too much. Yeah. So when you... If you have a water event, be it roof leak, plumbing leak, you know, whatever is causing this this water to end up in your house where it shouldn't be. The first thing you need to do is stop the water. So, you know, just, you know, get a roofer out to tarp your roof or, you know, close the window, believe it or not. Turn off the water if it's a plumbing leak. Uh, if it's a drain leak, start, uh, stop using, you know, at least that section of the house that's, you know, with those fixtures that are leaking. Um, and then the next step is get it dried out. Um, that may involve opening up walls. That may be pulling carpet, whatever. We need to get the area dried out. Should people be worried about if they're going to, like, say they open up the wall and there's mold in there, well, containing that? Because if we're going to dry that area out because if it's still moist, right, then are they going to be pushing that into the rest of the house? Is that a concern? Yes, it is. Uh, and... Unfortunately, we've had several calls where the, um, the water mitigation company that didn't understand mold came out and brought in their big fans and everything and started drying it out, and the mold had already started. And when we started doing testing throughout the house, it was just everywhere yeah, everywhere in the air. Yeah. Oh, no. So, How do they fix it? They have to do remediate the entire house? A lot house? of cleaning. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so they got to stop the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, then what? Dry so it. they got to dry it out. Okay, then what? Once it's dry, then you know, then just keep an eye on it. Start looking for mold. If you start seeing anything that looks suspicious, bring us in. Well, how long do they need to leave the wall open? Um, I'd leave it open a week or two. What do you think? So when we do our testing after remediation, we wait 24 hours once they are done. Because then we start getting indications of mold activity and mold growth if it is not eliminated. Uh, for visual, it would normally be uh, probably five to seven days to actually see visible growth. Okay. So the air sample is a lot quicker in indicating because some of those spores are microscopic. You're not going to see them unless they're analyzed. But five to seven days, you'll actually be able to see some actual growth happening that would be the best point to inspect it to see if that growth is occurring and is that really the determining factor on whether or not they need to bring out a whole remediation crew is is your guys's report you let them know how's somebody going to know well is this somebody need to call an expert out on or how do we figure that out if you've had a water event and you start seeing mold growing i would say get a professional in okay because something's going on there's something still going on, and we need to figure out what that is. 
All right. Especially if it's an unexplained occurrence. You know, something most most people aren't going to know what's behind their walls, whether it's plumbing lines for uh, sinks or hose spigots or AC lines. So having an inspection done to find out the source is the key to shutting off the source. But if somebody's got like a roof leak, right? So they know where it came from. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not an unknown really. It's kind of a known. Yep. And so we've got water problem. We stopped the water leak. We know that's there, but I can see water stains on my sheetrock. Is that something I need to have you guys out for? Or? Water stains? Probably not. Okay. Yeah. It's but if there's black dots, stay. probably so, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you start seeing... You know, interesting patterns developing and multiple colors. I mean, we've talked about the colors yeah. that we've seen mold yeah. in before. Pink, for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, pink, baby blue, green, black, whatever. If you start seeing that popping up, then we need to do something. Yeah, okay. But just a water stain. We don't need to go freak out over that. Right. All right, cool. All right, what else? What are we missing here? So they, we open up the walls. We're drying it out. We're getting it tested. Everything's you can do. We let the abatement company do the repairs or, or not the repairs but the abatement for it am i using the right word abatement remediation remediation yeah. thank you um and then we'll have people close it up after it's tested again yes. you guys test mm-hmm. the air but you come back did you say seven days later too so for so the remediation occurs they're done we wait 24 hours to give any mold remaining the opportunity to grow right if they don't grow we go in 24 hours later take our air sample to see if that mold has sprung back up, for lack of a better term. Sure. To make sure um, the air is clean. Yeah. And then and, do an air test. Yeah. And then once those results come back clean, then it can be sealed up by a general contractor and drywall uh, repair can be performed. Okay. So. And remind me, I know you've told me this before, but uh, for listeners, how much does it cost to get a mold test done? Um. For like up to a two thousand square foot house, we're looking at about four hundred. Four hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, so that's very affordable, especially if you've had a major incident or you've had signs of mold. That's yeah. a good investment to make sure we get that done. Yeah, the the our part of it is the uh, is the cheap part of it. Unfortunately, <laughs> the the remediation can depending on how big it is can get quite expensive. Okay, and how long have you guys been doing mold work? Um, ten years, nine years, somewhere in there. Okay, so you're veterans at this as well. Jamie, how long have you been? Is, is about five years. About five years? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys have a whole lot of certifications. I know I saw that. But yeah. All right. If folks want to uh, get in touch with you and get their uh, home inspected for mold, how do they do that? Okay. Our website is vhillc.com, and our phone number is 210-202-1974. All right. Excellent. Thanks a lot for that, guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right, so the best walking areas, walking parks in the San Antonio area, and I want you guys to input on this. If you, Ruben, do you go to the the parks here in the San Antonio? No, you Not don't. Really? No, you don't like the outdoors or what? Yeah, but <laughs> I, I do enough outdoors already. You know, Mike told me the same thing. He's like, I've got a lot of land. If I want to be outside, I'll just go out there and do some work. So yeah. that's cool. All right, well, my wife and I, we walk a lot, and we've got three parks that are just absolutely gorgeous here in the San Antonio area. Um, but if you guys know of one that's nice, please speak up. So uh, Frederick Wilderness Park, this is actually kind of a, a reserve, and it's up near the Dominion area up on the northwest side, um, and it's uh, they don't allow pets there. Though. It's, it's, it's one of the things. So if you're looking, yeah, 
James, you guys That's have no pets? fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, no pets allowed. Uh, no dogs. Uh, and I don't know if you can have. Well, this is my you know uh, special dog or what do they call those? Uh, service service dogs. Service animals. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if those are permitted or not, but. Anyway, so it's got challenging terrain. So each of these parks I'm going to talk about, they're different for different reasons. Um, but Frederick Park has a lot of hills. It has, uh, like, a rocky terrain um, as well as some paved areas as well. Um, but, I mean, you can actually – there's some elevation change there. Have, have you ever – anybody ever been to that park at all? No, I, I definitely recommend it. It's a good walk, especially, like, Thanksgiving time or whatever, if you want to walk off some of that turkey. Um, it's a good one. It's got beautiful views, so you get up to a couple of vistas there, and you can check out – uh, the hill country there is kind of nice. So that's Frederick Wilderness Park. Um, the next one is Phil Hardberger Park. You guys heard of this one? Yes. Yeah, on your head. So this one's really, really nice. They have events and stuff like that that go on over there as well. But this one's wide path. So you can do bicycling, skateboarding, rollerblading, all of that. Uh, so you definitely have to watch for traffic while you're on <laughs> that area. Uh, it's very pet friendly, so you can bring your animals. But I, I think they want you to clean up after them, especially yeah. if you've got a Great Dane or something like that. You know, please do. Yeah, you're like wait a minute, is there a homeless place around? <laughs> Why is there? Yeah. Anyway, uh, nice restrooms, which is always nice. You got places to stop, um, and so that they even do dog training that I've seen in there quite a bit, uh, like in the mornings where they have somebody out there doing. People bring their dogs, and they're teaching them to sit and walk and do all the things. But Phil Hardberger Park, really, really nice area. And there's a barbecue place real close by. So once you're done walking off the weight. You can go at it back on. You can go at it back on. All right. Plus convenient. maybe a little bit. Just saying. Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then McAllister Park. M- McAllister Park, beautiful area. Lots of shade. I think of all three of these, McAllister Park is probably the most shaded uh, really good paths, paths uh, paved and unpaved. Uh, you can have bicycles and stuff. They have uh, little trails for mountain biking. And this is right next to the police station there at uh, Jones, on Jones Maltzberger. So you get officers that will go and they'll do their biking and running and stuff over there as well. But really, really cool that way. Uh, so your mountain bikers can actually go have some fun and be challenged without mowing down the people that are walking on the path. Hey, that's a benefit, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is, right? You guys mountain bike over there? Not in a long, long time. I know. The seats are way too skinny for me. I just, I just can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> so, um, pet friendly. So you can bring your animals to this one. And there's plenty of restaurants. I mean, there, there are lots of restrooms around there, which is really, really nice. So, anyway, that's the, uh, those are my top three picks. So you get, what's your favorite? You guys got to have a favorite park. And I've been to McAllister. I, you know, we don't have... Yeah, we don't have a lot of time to go out and do this stuff anymore. <laughs> um, you guys are always doing mold, uh, yeah, remedi- yeah, mold between, inspections, yeah. owning mold a small out. business, and all of that. It uh, it takes up a lot of our time, but and uh, and we do live on you know a little bit outside of town. So. Yeah. All right. I've been to McAllister. McAllister. Yeah. Okay. So, are you running, walking, playing? What are you walking, doing over there? Playing with the kids. That's oh, okay. Cool. You don't do any biking. Flying kite. Oh. Yeah. So they have a dog park over there yeah. where people fly. I don't know if I'd want to fly a kite at the dog park, yeah, though. Yeah, I don't know about that. Gotta yeah. watch out for the dog batteries. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right, Frisbee, stuff like that. It's real good. They have soccer fields out there mm-hmm. as well. And they'll do events somehow. You can rent pavilions, stuff like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you guys go out to, uh, what is that place where everybody goes for the fall foliage that changes? Um, Lost Maples. Lost Maples. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do that? Uh, we haven't been out there. I've driven by it. Many many times, yeah. Heading out uh, out to like Western Bandera County and all. So, uh, but yeah, haven't had a chance to get up there yet. Okay. What about you, Ruth? I have not. No, no. Nope. 
Not a nature guy or what? No, not really. Lost Maple is beautiful when the, the foliage is changing. So yeah. One of the few areas where we have foliage that changes around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so um, we got about a minute or so left. So let's talk real quick about, um, uh, since I have both of you guys here, and we, talk, we hit on it earlier, if, uh, Ruben, if somebody's going to list a home and there's, it, it's, whether it's new or not, the idea of getting a home inspection is something that you believe is oh, a absolutely. good idea? Absolutely, yeah. You, you have to, I always recommend it. Okay, so give, tell me why. Well, because you, you don't know what's hidden behind the walls. You don't know what's up in the attic. Obviously, when we're showing a home, we're just seeing what the exterior shows. There's a lot of things that are behind the walls or maybe up in the ceiling that we don't really look at, and we're not the experts. You know, they are. So, you know, you got to turn to the experts for that. So it's really about the point you're making is figuring out what you don't know about the home, Absolutely. right? And then preparing yourself. And, Mike, when it comes to the report that you guys prepare, it's pretty comprehensive, right? Well, yeah, all of our reports are comprehensive, and we actually do the same inspection on a pre-listing inspection as we would as if we were working for the buyers. Okay, good. So, so we're going in, we're f- figuring out what's going on, and you know, it's great. It, it helps you know, with your disclosure, so that limits liability. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you also have the chance, you know, it may be something really simple that you can just get fixed. Or if it's something more expensive that you don't want to get fixed, you get an estimate so that you can present that to the buyers so that they don't think that the $3,000 roof replacement is actually a $10,000 roof replacement because you know, people tend to overestimate those things. So give them the facts. Like, hey, we've got a roofer. They'll do it for this. And the house is priced accordingly. And I think, too, Ruben, when, when you do that and you're prepared, people are less, less likely to try and take advantage of the situation as well. Right. right from you're the, being transparent. Especially yes. with a pre-leasing, you're being very transparent. Right, and yeah. we know what's going on yeah. with our house. And, and, I, and we, I've, uh, I've been on the buying side where there was a, a pre-listing inspection, and like he said, they pointed out some, some, shing- some issues with some shingles, and I have a roofer that I work with a lot, and he went and took a look at it for me, and he's like, yeah, they're, it's right on par. It's just going to take so much to fix, so it's not that big of a deal. Excellent. Yeah. I love being armed with the information. Make right, things guys. easier. Yeah. Yeah, well, it does, and, and and it can settle the seller down too. That we're not going to get hit with something, yep. you know, which I like. I have a question: Do we have to leave the vents on after you shower? Get all that moisture out of there? It'd be a really good idea. Okay, so yeah. those vents actually work if they're put together right. Yes, they do. <laughs> if they, they don't vent right back into the room, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, yeah you want to make sure it's yeah. actually venting outside. outside yeah, I, I, bug, the, I bugged the heck out of my wife about that, so that's about, why I needed that. About, about five to ten minutes after getting out of the shower, to remove the humidity from the air. Yeah. All right, everybody's wrapping the show. Quick reminder: check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show anytime on our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. It's going to be it for us. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.